0: You're listening to Business First Radio. I'm Gavin Walker and my guests today are David Crawford. David is the technology, media and telecommunications partner at Deloitte here in Belfast and also Paul Lee. And Paul has been the, uh, the lead for the TMT predictions report for 2012. And we'll talk to Paul in a moment about some specifics on that. But let me go first of all to David. David, you're very welcome. Thanks, Gavin. Thank you. David, we're talking um, in advance of an event that's happening this evening in the Science Park. I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about that and and the the reason behind it and where it's come from, please.
1: Yes, certainly. Um, Basically, um, Deloitte as a a global firm have been running the predictions um, publication for a number of years now. And uh, Last year was our first year of uh, a formal launch in Belfast, which we ran down at the Science Park. Um, and attending at that time were around about 30 to 40 of people in the technology media and telecoms industry locally. Um, tonight's event is a follow-on from that and a follow-on from our activity in the Fast 50. Um, and tonight we have an excess of, of 80 people attending from the industry sector, which I think is, is testament to the, the key focus on technology as a sector, um, particularly for Northern Ireland.
0: Yes, of course. And it's uh, the the event itself is is really to highlight the results of the of the predictions report. W- where where does that come from, and, and is it a UK wide or a global report?
1: It's it's a global it's a, it's a global survey covering um, uh, basically several over seventy countries uh, where it's launched, and and it covers everything through obviously the, the various different sectors and from the the companies across the globe. And what it does is it gives an insight into, um, clearly, predictions in in each of the individual sectors. Um, And and one of the areas that we're now able to actually focus on is the the sort of success in terms of our predictions and and what is coming true in in relation to um, the the survey outcomes, which is proving actually fairly consistent uh, in line with with the information that's being provided.
0: Well that's pretty impressive and of course it's it's a growing area here in Northern Ireland so the people that are coming to the event this evening uh, uh, do you find that they're they're folks who are looking to come up with new ideas or are they people who are trying to put the ideas into practice that are already in place?
1: I think it's very much a mixture of people in in, in the sector who clearly just to get a bit more of a feel for what's happening in the the, the wider marketplace and obviously where areas of growth uh, are available Um, and it's coming, we're we're holding the event at uh, the the Northern Ireland Science Park which is clearly one of the focal points for technology in Belfast and Northern Ireland um, and the mixture of people is everything from um, software developers through to some of the indigenous businesses that are already set up in Northern Ireland and, and clearly successful at this stage but looking to, to grow and develop.
0: Yes of course and that's where uh, the, the, the report itself comes into to being so I'm going to have a quick chat now with, with Paul Lee uh, Paul was the lead on this, this year's predictions report. Uh, and Paul, you're very welcome to Business First Radio. Can we, can we have a bit of a look at the report itself and maybe some of, the, sort of the, the highlights and the headlines that came out of this year's report, please?
2: Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think um, one of the big questions which is being asked at the moment, given the state of the uh, global economy, is what happens to the con- consumer tech sector? Um, if the um, economies are going to be pretty poor uh, and if consumer confidence is down. And when we've looked at all the different factors and looked at all the data, um, our view is that what's going to happen is actually quite positive. Uh, so we're expecting, um, in terms of units, so when you look at all the televisions, smartphones, et cetera, being sold, the global number of units will go up. Um, and certainly what will happen is um, the share of wallet for consumer tech uh, will increase um, and um, so you know, even if say the overall revenues um, sort of are, are modestly uh, growing um, we'd expect momentum behind consumer tech to remain there
0: well, now, is, that, is that being driven by the uh, emerging economies uh, Paul rather than, than our own which seems to be a bit of a stalemate um, at the moment It's
2: various factors so uh, emerging companies, emerging countries are certainly um, sort of voracious demands um, for uh, consumer technology um, both with those just emerging from, um, say, uh, the, the most basic levels of income as well as the, uh, the, those who are seeing um, fast-growing uh, incomes. Um, but we also see that um, happening in, in developed countries too. One reason is that when you think about uh, the cost of technology, because of things like Moore's Law and the rapid improvement in technology, um, what you can get for your uh, £100 today is significantly more than what you could get uh, a few years back. And uh, just to give an illustration of that, if you were to buy a TV set um, back in the 70s in the US, which is the most competitive TV market out there, it would have cost you about, say, $380, $400. And if you adjust that for inflation now, um, you could get uh, not just a TV set, but you could get a network computer, you could get three smartphones hmm. and three tablet computers. Yeah. Um, so what you can get for your money uh, is a lot more significant. And also we see a structural shift towards um, a lot more focus on people buying and regarding uh, as important uh, and as useful uh, consumer technology.
0: So as uh, consumer technology has gone very much now obviously into the mobile area and I, I, one of the interesting things I think from the report was the thinking that rather than just having one tablet we're going to have people with, with a number of tablets and I wasn't very sure why that would be the case. Can we have a look at that? Yeah, sure. Well, you
2: know, if you think back, say 15 years ago, when you first started having the digital mobile networks, GSM networks uh, starting, um, you know, most people would you know, never ever think about having more than one uh, mobile phone. Um, and when smartphones came out, you know, the view was, why would you ever want to have uh, more than one smartphone? And a big question for a lot of people was, you know, is it do you go for a BlackBerry or do you go for an iPhone? And what actually happened is a lot of people went for both. Uh, and the reason why was because uh, each was specialized for a task. So, um, blackberries are very good for entering text, and um, iPhones and other um, full-screen uh, smartphones are very good at um, browsing and looking at pictures, etc. Sure. So, similar thing is going to happen with tablets. They're going to become more specialised, and that happens with all product devices which have momentum behind them. Is so that they become more specialised? So, one big difference in terms of tablets will be uh, there'll be a lot more viable seven-inch tablets, as well as 7- as well as the ten-inch tablets which are mostly in use. Uh, the processes in them will vary quite a bit, the cost of them will vary, um, the economic model will also vary. So, so far what we've had predominantly is a model whereby you, know, you pay for the device and the manufacturer makes gross margin on the sale of the device. And we're moving to a model where you'll have some vendors who will distribute um, tablets you know, such as Amazon uh, with the aim of recouping the investment um, in the tablet from sales of content. Um, and you know, another factor is like to be um, where you've got enterprises or companies providing employees with tablets um, they may well insist that the tablet is used for business use so that same person may go I'll buy another one for my own personal use too
0: Okay, well there, 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 it seems to me there's, there's two sides now, the, f- the first is the positive obviously and that it drives the, the sales but the second yeah. side of it is that there are now there are so many I don't know if the right term is platforms. There's so many different types of, of these, these um, bits of machinery that guys who are, who are putting together apps, etc., are have a difficulty keeping up with it. Is that, is that whole market becoming a bit of a problem? I am just saying that because every small business now is being encouraged to, to set up an app, um, and yet there's so many of them and so few of them actually get anywhere. So w- w- how is that going to work out, I wonder?
2: Yeah, I mean, it certainly is a challenge because when you look at all the um, app platforms out there, you know, there are perhaps five which you could be building apps for. Um, and one of them, you know, Android, uh, there are lots and lots of different types of devices on which it's based. Um, so it's, uh, you know, so, so even when you look at Android, it's not just one platform that you'd be building for. Um, There's lots of different types of devices, um, each with different characteristics to be building for. So what you have to do as an app developer is work out uh, probably which platforms, one or two, uh, you want to focus on and probably focus on those. Um, and you'd be focused on you know, whichever platform is most likely to reach your target base. So not everybody's going to be looking to make money from apps. You know, for a lot of people, it's about advertising or marketing, and so you have to work out, you know, for your customer base, um, which platform are they most likely to be using?
0: So has that pretty much knocked the idea of a DIY app out of the out of the box completely?
2: Um, in terms of DIY apps, um, it's a lot less. Feasible now because yep. uh, you know there are some apps which cost um, over a million dollars to create, um, so it's become very very professionalized. And, and if you think about something like you know Angry Birds, if it were to be launched today, it'd probably have a lot less impact. Um, but you know that's what comes with uh, first move um, uh, advantage. Um, I would expect in some smaller countries where the base of smartphones is uh, lesser and where there's less local content, um, then the ability for uh, you know. Uh, small scale developers working at home to create something uh, that is in high demand is still there. But um, for English content uh, in mature, mature markets it's going to be pretty
0: tough yeah. well, one but of the, all the, impossible ok fair enough yeah. uh, but it's it certainly it, it's just something that, that was being encouraged at one stage and it's obviously just something people need to look at very seriously before they j- would jump into it and, and damage their brand um, you, so you, you mentioned yeah. Angry Birds so, so that sort of brings me on a little bit to the social, social side of gaming I appreciate it's, a, it's mm-hmm. a bit of a leap but there is a there is a business side to that as well isn't there quite a few businesses now that are getting involved with gaming is that something that you see de- developing as well
2: yeah, I mean, there's lots of companies which have got involved in, in games, and, you know, overall the games market is uh, an enormous market. You know, it's um, significantly larger than the recorded music markets, um, you know, around the world, so it's in you know, tens of billions of dollars um, which it's generating. Um, there are lots of ways you can make money from games, and it's always worth remembering that while you've got games like Castleville, which are social games um, which have done very well, um, there were a couple of games which came out uh last year, which generated about one and a half billion dollars uh between them um in sales so uh, and those were traditional games which were bought for consoles, which were bought in shops, which are tangible um and you had people queuing up um you know, at midnight to uh, be the first to but to buy that game. So uh, there are lots of different models for games uh, which are out there, and social games is just one aspect um, of that model. Um, At present, what we see happening is that the amount of effort required to have a successful um, social game is probably going up um, because you have to impress more um, to, to, to have a tangible impact.
0: Yeah, this is, this is just the, the game is, to, to use the term, the game is always being raised all the time, isn't it? And right, right across all of technology. Uh, it, it, it's difficult for a small business to get a handle on all of this and to see what direction they should be going in. So I'm going to ask you to, 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 to put yourself above the parapet a little bit. And if you're, if you're advising a small business, and I appreciate it slightly away from your, your area sure. of
1: knowledge,
0: yeah. to, to, to be looking at a particular area to develop their, their, their technology, what would you be advising for 2012?
2: Um, I would look at where there are going to be problems um, driven by demand. Okay. So um, you know, if you look at connectivity, the demand for connectivity will keep on going up. Um, you can't rely on a single network, say like cellular mobile, to deliver that. Um, so there will need to be clever ways of using all the different networks available to people uh, to do things like Wi-Fi switching, switching between Wi-Fi networks and cellular mobile, um, or even using short-range wireless technologies to deliver content. Um, so you know these are problems which be created by demand. So they're good positive problems to fix in that when you come up with a solution to that, there'll be demand for that. Um, you also look at you know what do people enjoy from using devices or technology. Um, and you try and understand what's happening there. And develop products and services which meet that demand. It doesn't mean that you have to be um, the company which rules the world in terms of delivering a particular solution. It may well be that what you want to do, and there's no harm in this, is building uh, a solution which then gets bought up by a larger, often US tech company, and gets incorporated into their overall platform. There is no shame in that whatsoever. So you know, it's not that everybody has to become, um, you know, the same scale as, uh, as Amazon or Apple or SAP. Great if you can do that, but you know, building a small-scale, um, SME-level, profitable business um, is a great thing to be doing as well.
0: Brilliant. Excellent. Listen, Paul. Thank you very much indeed. There, there's 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 a lot there. It's all very exciting stuff. There's a lot happening. It's a lot moving along, and and there, it sounds like there's still a lot of opportunities. I think think sometimes some of us look at it and say the whole thing is just completely uh, overwhelming and there's no real way into it. But you have given us a few ways in there, so that's great. I won't ask you to give away all the 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 excitement <laughs> for this evening, um, but I, I leave it for this evening. So this evening at the Science Park, uh, and and then is the report available online? Or will it be available? Do you know?
2: Yeah, the report's available online. Um, so if you just do a search for Deloitte Predictions 2012, um, in whichever browser you want to use, you should be able to find the, um, the report.
0: That's brilliant. i tell you what, we'll put that link actually beside this podcast so it can be found That's directly great. from there. So Paulie, thank you very much indeed, and thanks also a pleasure. to David Crawford. Okay, okay. thank you very Bye much. Bye for now. Bye. Bye.